everyone. Thursday night, 9 o'clock, time for the Handicap Rugby Chat That Matters. Looking forward to an incredibly busy show, I can tell you. I had a look at the fixtures. Thank goodness there's no Six Nations this weekend. I don't know where we would have begun and where we would have ended. So much to talk about. And, yeah, I've got a new guest to introduce you to as well. But before I get to that, I'm going to go to the bottom of the screen and introduce Neil at Thoughts on Sports. Neil, good to have you back in the, on the show. And I know you've been licking your lips at Super Rugby starting again. No, spot on, Brent. Over the moon that Super Rugby's back. Been eyeing up a couple of players, literally been checking it, it daily the, for the SM markets just to see when they're brave enough to come out with the lines. The lines are out. It's got some cracking players for the boys on the show. So, yeah, looking forward to a bit of a break from the Six Nations, getting stuck into some local rugby. Excellent. Well, let's go to the top of the screen now. And he's a first-time guest on the show, Chad Reich. If I pronounce your surname right there, Chad, you could let me know. Great to have you on. And I understand you and Neil have got a bit of a history. Yeah, thanks, Brett. Uh, got the surname spot on there first time. I mean, you can say that. So, yeah, hats off to you. And, uh, yeah, correct. Uh, Neil is uh, probably the sole reason why I'm here. I am a fan of the show. So, um, I'm somewhat familiar. And, uh, yeah, as I said, I've been mates with Neil for about 10 years now. And, uh, yeah, he got me on the show whilst I was holding a beer in my hand. So, yeah, here I am. And hopefully I can, uh, you know, hold my own with you guys. And you don't have a beer in your hand tonight, I don't think, eh? No, 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 it's 100% focus. Yeah. If, uh, if I don't get too roasted on Twitter, then I'll have a beer the next time I'm on. Excellent. Well, uh, looking forward to chatting to you. And uh, yeah, I think know Neil's got his uh, calling there. I mean, with the conductor, he's taking a few weeks break, the conductor. I mean, someone's got to hold up the end. So Neil is, is stepping forward there. But gents, I'm going to get straight into it because we do have a lot of rugby to talk about. And I want to talk Super Rugby Pacific because that gets going, of course, a Friday morning South African time. And Neil, I'll start with you. We've got the first game here. I've taken the betting at Sunbet, but you guys are obviously free to have a look at wherever you can you can get the best price. And we've got the New South Wales Waratahs, minus 10.5. I've seen 11.5. I understand that it opened at 5.5, up against the new boys, uh, the Fijian Drua. Yeah, Brent, first first game off the bat was one of my stronger fancies. I took a bit of bit of Waratahs, minus 5.5, took some more 6.5, and, and finally settled on the 7.5. I just looked at it. New new team to the competition. Waratah's been big on the up. They've made some good astute signings in the off-season. Got Ned Hannigan returning from Japan. Michael Huber returning from Japan. Jamie Roberts um, back over from, from the URC playing for Dragons uh, for, for the Waratahs. Just do some, do some family commitments there. And I see they've finally appointed a defensive coach. So we're not going to have the, the sort of 60-40 games that we had last season. So I just saw that the Waratahs are going to be a big team on the up this year. It's just one of the teams that you must back. You must take them on the spread in the first two or three rounds. You just know you're going to get a favorable line until sort of the bookies start realizing their potential for the season. And then it just goes to show with the Fijian Drew, they had a couple of, of reasonable results in off-season. I think that they they beat the, the Rebels there. But it's just the type of side where they come to this new level of competition. Rugby is an 80-minute game. I just can't see them lasting too long. There'll be a couple of weaker players on the bench for them. So, yeah, it's just a, a simple bet for me, an early Waratahs minus. And another one I do like is on the points. Uh, 58 and a half, I think that's quite a lot of points for first game of the season. In Parramatta, the ball can be quite greasy. I see there's a bit of rain predicted uh, for that. So 58 and a half, I'm just quite happy. It's a big enough line to sort of take that five to 10 couple of sort of quiet moments of play and you're always in the running for that bet though. So yeah, if I'm not in the f under 58 and a half, I'll definitely take the under on the Fijian draw here. Excellent. I rushed into the show so quickly, forgot to welcome all the guys in the live chat. As usual, guys, great to have your contributions throughout the show. Chad, just bringing in on that one, I must admit, I'm very much in, in, in Neil's camp there. I've gone 58 and a half points as well. I was expecting the line to be about 55 and a half. And I did tap into Alex at UK Rugby Bets 
for the good for the game preview then. He's sort of aligned as well. Certainly could be a bit slippery. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I had a look at the weather, um, Brent, and there could be uh, some thunderstorms late in the afternoon, which, uh, as Neil says, slippery in Parramatta. Um, always tough to get the ball going. And I think also with, uh, as he says, uh, featuring Joe not really being a team for all that long and such, I definitely think Unders is a way to go in that game. And uh, yeah, spot on to Neil as well for getting an early line. I think it's pushed out to about minus 10 and a half now, which is a bit too big for me. I may look for something less than that, but because I'm expecting a bit of a closer game. But yeah, I think uh, Waratah's on the minus and, and a, a slightly bigger punt on, on under 58 and a half is definitely the way to go. Yeah, let's hope we can get off to a winning start. Chad, I'm going to stay with you then. Chiefs minus six and a half against the Highlanders. Um, I've just seen the odd, but I've had a pretty busy week. I haven't really spoken too much. I see, if I'm not mistaken, there's maybe been a bit of money for the Chiefs here. Yeah, I think a tiny bit of money has come in for the Chiefs. It's still at about less than a converted try, um, which I'm still happy to take, to be honest with you. Um, I did a bit of research into the preseason games. I didn't really catch them all that much. They're hard to read into because obviously teams have massive squads and they rotate a lot of the, the youngsters coming in and, 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 you know, rotation players and such. So you don't want to really look too, too into preseason all that much. But just looking at the Chiefs squad, seven All Blacks, Retallick, Kane in the forwards. They've got some powerhouse backs, an absolutely awesome bench. I definitely think Chiefs minus six and a half is the way to go. The Highlanders squad, they're one of the few teams that are, I think, well, out of all the New Zealand teams, played their strongest squad in the preseason. Not their fully strongest squad, obviously, but stronger compared to the other teams in terms of flooding in All Blacks and potential All Blacks and such. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the punt for me there is definitely uh, Chiefs on the minus. Right. Neil, are you going to rubber stamp that? Yeah, spot on, Brent. Um, love the Chiefs on the minus here. Too much quality in this Chiefs pack. Weather's looking at tad ominous uh, for Hamilton on the weekend. Sam Kane, he'll be keen to hit a full season, obviously, as the incumbent all-black captain there, get a full season under his belt, so big motivation for him on the line. They brought back big bad Brody Retallick from, from Japan. We know the sort of influence that he can have on these type of fixtures. And then into the halfback combination, I see Weber's on the bench here, which I'm not against, just adds a bit of solidity, uh, like solidity into the last 20 minutes when a bit of tiring legs come out. Josh Iwani moved over from the Highlanders uh, through to this chief side. He also be looking to get back to sort of his full strength uh, form and whatnot. So yeah, for me, Chiefs on the minus. I think it's a cracking pair. First up, Quinn Tupai um, and Alex Nankerville in the centre is super solid. And another player we'll be looking at is is hopefully in, in a, a nice line on, on Highlanders unders. If I can get about 24, 25 and a half, I'll definitely be interested in that. Well, it's always nice when I see the pa panellists agreeing with each other. It certainly fills me with confidence. Let's stick with you, Neil, for the next game. Crusaders minus seven and a half against the Hurricanes. Sure, Brent. So when this game opened up, this was a game that I was targeting. I was looking to get the biggest Hurricanes plus in um, first up. Reason being, Richie Mawanga out for the first three weeks of the competition. Fergus Burke straight into that number 10 jersey. And the Crusaders just one of those sides who just, just are very reliant on Mawanga just to sort of dictate player, get things going. So I always knew I was going to get quite a generous plus here. So I was quite quick out the gates to take, uh, I think it opened at about 10 and a half, 11 and a half. Took that, took some more nine and a half, and I only see now shifted down to seven and a half. And to be honest, I probably would still take um, the Hurricanes at this level. I also see that the fixture is getting played under the closed roof in Dunedin. So I really just think that that does suit the sort of Hurricane style of play. So with that in mind, seven and a half, I'm quite happy to to take the underdog in this one on the, on the early cap. Well, just welcome to Seam Bow. And I think I, you'll be impressed that I remember the pronunciation of your name there. And tell me if I've got it wrong, please. 
Asim, welcome to the show. He's, of course, from Quebec. Uh, looking forward to seeing the Kings in action again. Right, let's go up to Chad on this one. You, Neil, spot on, Chad. I actually wrote the handicaps. Well, I, I got the handicaps put up for the games. And then I just do a quick check five minutes before the show just to see if there's been any shifts. And in the last hour, none of the handicaps shifted except this one. It came in from nine and a half to seven and a half. Yeah, um, I hate to be in the same job that Neil has. I'm sure later on in the show we'll have some differences, but I, I'm pretty much in agreement with him here as well. Um, the, yeah, I got in a bit of a plus nine and a half early on in the week, um, which I'm quite happy for um, as things have, have gone, as you just described. The Crusaders are fundamentally a great rugby organization, so they're always going to be competitive. But I think taking into consideration the two teams played last week, having flooded in their strongest players um, throughout the game, um, I think the, the Hurricanes put them by three points that game. Gives them a bit of a mental edge in, in going into this one as well. Likes of Julian Sabia is going to want to prove themselves this year. They've spent you know ages on the on the sidelines, so to speak, um, of New Zealand rugby at this. And I think yeah, a couple of the Canes players have a, thing, a few things to prove. And obviously, without this Crusaders number ten pulling the strings, I think that could be a, a, the, the biggest uh, the difference at the end of the day. Well, welcome to Steph also joining us on the show there. Chad, I'm going to stay with you, though, for the next game. It's the Queens and Reds up against the Melbourne Rebels. And here we've got quite a big cap double figures. Reds minus 12 and a half. Yeah, I mean, it's quite a big cap. But I, th I think we could argue and, and say that it's the best versus worst Aussie teams. Um, I know the Reds had a bit of a back and forth preseason, um, having hit, been hit by COVID. Um, Rebels only played one game. The Reds have a significantly stronger squad. Um, James O'Connor seems to be uh, improving somewhat um, under Brad Thorne. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't have any particularly strong fancy on this game. I would have t loved a, a minus 10 and a half. Um, but, yeah, I'd say if you had, if you had a gun to my head, I'd take the Reds minus 12 and a half. Right, I'm not going to put a gun to your head, Neil, but if I did? Yeah, I think similar sentiment there. It's just this, this, this Rebel side is just one of those teams I just can't get behind on a on a plus, I look at their side and there's just no confidence for me whatsoever. They got a, a young gun at ten, uh, Gordon at ten. Then you got Matamur, who just he just blows so hot and cold for me. One day I think he's a defensive genius, and the next I'm just like I just don't understand how this guy is, is close to a fifty to sixty cap or uh, uh, Wallaby player there. So just a lot of a lot of uh, dis, uh, divisive opinion there for me. And then Reese Hodge at the back. Yes, he's a wallaby. He is a good player, but he just doesn't sort of lift aside as other sort of quality internationals do. He'll play a good game, won't make too many mistake, uh, mistakes there, miss a, miss a couple of long-range penalties, but I think that that's, that's ultimately it. And this Rebel side have just been really rebuilding and just have maintained the complete consistency and selection over the last three seasons under Brad Thorne. So for me, it's, it's a sort of a tentative player, but yeah, you've got to take the Reds on the minus 12 here. Right, well, we've got one more game to go in Super Rugby Pacific, and we'll start with you, Neil. Brumbies minus 11.5 against the Western Force. Yeah, Brent, so a bit of a tentative call here. I, I would take Western Force on the plus here. I just think that they have been on the up quite a lot. I do like a couple of the signings that they've made in the offseason. Brought Isaac Rado down from, from France, so that's a, that's a big signing. He was quite a big player at, uh, for the Wallabies in, in 2021. Adds a bit of grunt to that Western Force pack, which they have sort of lacked in the coming in the sort of the past seasons there. But I still just fear for this Western Western Force backline, and it just doesn't look like they have the ability to score too many points there. So for me, I will be looking at a bit of an unders play here and hoping to get a, a line of about 53 and a half, 54 and a half, and I'll, I'll have a big swing at that. 
God, you'll have a big swing at unders then. Chad, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I, I agree with Neil in terms of the signings that uh, Western Force have made. Uh, Isaac Rod, as he mentioned, is quite an astute one. However, I just feel that the, the Brumbies are, are too good. I know there are two international front rows going at it, so the set piece is going to be quite tight. Um, but I think the Brumbies ultimately have too much in the back line. Uh, JC Mogg returning for them as well. It'll be interesting to see how he goes in his return to Aussie rugby. Um, 11 and a half is, is quite big, but I think I would probably oppose Neil on this or maybe take a, a little at a minus at half time, to be honest. But Anders is probably also something that I'd, I'd, I'd look to go for. Uh, given the time of day of the game and, and such. Excellent. Well, we're going to move on to the Curry Cup in just a minute, but just a word from our sponsor at Manscaped. And uh, sorry, the background, I was just trying to change it there to see if I could make it clearer. But 20% off Manscaped and free shipping, and that is uh, worldwide. And I'll prove that to you in just a little while using the code GFTG. But now we don't have the conductor on tonight. He's been uh, uh, pretty much my main guest when it comes to the uh, Lawnmower 4.0. Uh, Neil, you've be, still been using the product there. Uh, any of the sprays coming in handy? No, Brent, spot on. I'm, I'm more than surprised that you didn't show a before picture of the conductor and after picture of me, just to sort of show what what can happen when the Manscaped uh, 4.0 gets put to use. But no, quality product. It's really done the business. I can tell you once again that the fortune hasn't only turned in the betting front. So it's been a it's been a very successful successful season so far with the Manscaped products. Excellent. Well, that's good to hear. Now, just to remind you, the handicap is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the belt grooming, and uh, their latest product, the Lawnmower 4.0. Over 4 million men worldwide using it. And I must admit, I did admit on the show a couple of years ago, I, I got first grabs at it, but my son has absolutely taken this from me now. I, I, on a Thursday, I have to run and look for it. He's, he's, he's using it, and he absolutely loves it. But there's just something I, I just want to uh, quickly, I got a voice note from one of our guests, uh, Dave Cooney, who often comes on the show. And I'm just going to pull up this voice note of Dave's here. Uh, let's, uh, let's get it here. And I got this from him early in the week. Sounds like he might have had a few drinks. Brandy, just to let you know, my Valentine's gift is just ordered. I got my Manscaped. No, 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 you got performance I got the performance package. Okay. Plus the peak hygiene perk. Plan. Plan. You're not going to recognize me next time I'm on the show. I'm going to be... i got the weed trimmer as well. Listen, I'm living the dream, Brendy. Living the dream. But Neil, I'll tell you what worries me about what Dave said there. He said, next time he comes on the show, I'm not going to recognize him. I'm, I'm worried about that because, I, don't, I mean, what's he going to show us on the show there? No, Brent, I just hope that the camera is pointing at the right head, to be honest. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's for sure. Anyway, Manscaped, thanks. We really do appreciate the support. It's been a good little run with you guys, and great to know Dave supporting us there as well. Gents, let's get straight into the Curry Cup action then. I've got to scroll up. There's so many games to get through. And we've got the first game, Friday night. Great to have some Friday night rugby. And, Neil, I'll start with you. Grick was minus three and a half against Western Province. Brent, this, this cap does surprise me a little bit. Um, I sort of put this in my mind at about a uh, the other way around, so sort of about a minus three and a half towards province. Um, Greg was a very impressive in that victory over the Pumas, completely shut the Pumas out there, and just gave them sort of no sniff. But province have brought a couple of big players back in. Ali Mark and I think Pache are, are two crucial players in that sort of province set piece. Add a bit of experience um, out wide. Uh, Sergio Peterson playing, Tim Sweel at 10. 
So for me, I just think that that the Vokies have got this a, a, a tad bit wrong. I do understand the sentiment for the Greek was in Kimberley, missing captain runs, Gien come. I just can't take a, a small union on a on a minus, especially when Province have sort of brought a couple of more experienced players back in, and then they have to turn around their their Curry Cup fortune. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna quite happily take Western Province plus three and a half here. Right, Chad, let's go to you for this one. Yeah, I um, agree with Neil again. Um, I think Province have beefed up the squad going into into this week. Um, I, I, as always, Quick was tough at home. Um, I was on the Pumas a couple of weeks um, ago, and Quick uh, was kind of showed me up there, which was uh, quite disappointing. But I think, yeah, the inclusion of Cable Halter is also going to add some creativity to, uh, to the Western Province. Um, they also get to train against the URC guys every week, which is a luxury that the Crickers don't have. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what the weather is going to be like. I, I think it is, it's quite poor in Kimberley, um, close to, to kickoff or just before kickoff. Um, that could affect um, the total points line, Yaka Paper on the whistle as well. So quite a technical game to be expected. But, yeah, I would, I would love a bit of province plus four and a half um, where you can get it. Neil, I must ask you, one of your mates, who was it again, uh, phoned one of the bloody, the spur or the pub down in Kimberley to get the weather report. Can you remember? Yeah, that was, that was Justin Roberts. Um, became yeah, first, name, first name basis on the, on the general manager of, of Kimberley's uh, famous spur, spur Steakhouse. Used to always call him before games saying, give me a weather update right now. And it was always quick to fill in the, the rest of the boys with the, with the outcome of the intel. So, Creds to him, and that's we need to find another one like that. Right, we'll get we'll go to the second game now. Chad, we'll start with you. Pumas plus eight and a half. Yeah, that was quite a, a big cap. I think it, it's come money's come in for the cheaters this week from from what I saw earlier on in the week. If I'm not mistaken, I think Neil would be able to correct me on that. Um, as I said earlier, I backed the Pumas last time against the Griquas, and I, I got somewhat caught out. Um, they impressed me against the Lions, but as we all get to, I think the Lions are just fundamentally useless. Um, so, yeah, I think a, a, a point for me on this game would not necessarily be cheaters on the minus, but maybe a, a cheaters total overs, depending on the weather. Um, experienced heads around Pino, France or Stain, playing with a, a freedom that you get in your twilight years. So I expect the cheaters to go in all guns blazing, and, and that's probably going to be my main play. Right, Neil, what do you think of this one? I must say, I do like um, backing points, particularly Nell Sprade, if the conditions are good. Uh, what, are, what are we looking at here? Are we looking at a, a 3 p.m. Uh, kickoff here, or is, is it later? Um, it's 2.30. Oh, 2.30, perfect. So conditions, yeah. So, yeah, this could definitely be a cheaters overs play for me, perhaps even a match point overs. Yeah, I think I'm definitely looking at a, a big overs strike here. Um, when the scat first came out, Looked at it, thought it was pretty well priced, but indecisive. But the more the weeks raged on, I saw the Pima side, saw the Cheetah side, and I'm quite happy to take Pumas on the plus here. Um, I just feel that Jimmy would have would have uh, sort of laid out the markers this, these past two weeks that there was an, that there, there was a buy and whatnot. So I just think that cheat, um, Cheetahs, I look at their side, yeah, they were impressive in the last sort of couple of fixtures, but they always seem to struggle to get up for these for these uh, sort of middle order fixtures against the Pumas. Pumas at home at Nalspreit, we know what they can do. I was quite impressed with Lucky Glebu at, at nine for the Pumas. I thought he's had quite a lot of spark to that, that Puma side. They got Freddie Engelbrecht back, who was recently on loan at, at Stormers in the URC. So I think just with a bit of leadership in the pack, 
they had a, a woeful sort of set piece and line out against the Greco's when they got and they got tonked um, in Kimberley. So I just think that'll be all sorted out this week. Eight and a half, more than a converted try. I just can't see the Cheetahs being too motiv- motivated for this. Pumas will play a very fast game on the 230 kickoff. So quite happy to take the, the home side on the plus here. Right, let's move on to the final game. And it's the Lions plus 11 and a half against the Sharks. Now, the Lions last week, you'll see down below uh, th- this video, you can subscribe to our newsletter best bet, but absolutely took a hammering last week because I made Lions, what was it, over 23 and a half points in Johannesburg. I think with 10 minutes to go, they had three points. One guy on the forum, Jamison, even joked, are we betting backing them to score over three and a half? They were absolutely woeful. And my first question to you, Neil, before you even give me an opinion, please tell me they've dropped the scrum half and please tell me they've dropped the fullback. Friend, to be honest, it's a completely different side, sort of littered with under, under 21s, under 23s and whatnot. They're throwing in a couple of experience there. I see that uh, Vincent Sachuka starting at flank so he will be he'll be a big player so on this cap no bet for me at the moment i haven't seen the shark side but i'll definitely be looking as at a i know you're gonna laugh when i say it but at a at golden lions over total points here yeah, i know it got burnt last week but this is a completely different side and i just feel that at home against the sharks sharks tend to be a bit leaky um on the high felt so golden lions if the weather's looking fantastic hope to get about 25 26 and a half and i'll jump into that golden lines overs yeah, that's what I was hoping for last week. And then when I got 23 and a half, unfortunately, my eyes absolutely lit up and I got stuck in my biggest bet of the year. Uh, fortunately, fought back through some of the other games to, to put about square for the weekend. But I've just got to ask you, Neil, I know the Lions were saying they were not going to mix their squads. But am I right in saying, by this mixture that you're talking about, they have brought in, I mean, uh, Vincent, he played, I can't remember, did he play URC? Or has he been playing only Curry Cup? Are they still keeping their squads separate? Yeah, so I think they're mostly keeping their squad separate, but I think if the going gets slightly tough and the coach feels a bit of heat in the in the hot box um, with, a, with a bit of unfavorable results, they tend to draft in a, a couple of players who can sort of manage to cope with two games in a week or whatever, or come off the bench in one game and basically take part in both games. So I think that they sort of call up on a couple of players, especially maybe the first choice players who are returning from injury just to get some games on under the belt. Well, we'll see if I've got the guts to put that up as a best bet in the newsletter. Again, I may have to find something else. Chad, what do you think of this one? The Lions, are, you you alluded to it earlier, you're not very impressed with them. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, as you s- said last week, uh, I also I also got burnt on, on the, the total overs for total overs for, for the Lions. Um, yeah, they've been quite shocking in the URC, quite shocking in the Curry Cup. I think they've lost the last five of their games at home in either competition. Um I won't be going on the Lions overs um, purely on that basis. As we can see with the side that they've named, it is a bit of a mixed bag. Um, I think they've, I don't want to say done somewhat well, but I think with Fred Zeling on the bench, it's probably a good place for him to be to maybe find some form again because I, I think he's cost a few of us in recent weeks. Um, but yeah, I will be waiting for the Shark side. And if it is somewhat decent, I'll probably look at Sharks overs. They were. Playing, they played at Pretoria last week. I know it was the URC side, but they will possibly have a couple of guys that were up there with the squad. Um, so I don't think altitude will be too much of a factor for, for many of the players. Um, so yeah, I'll probably look at Sharks overs in this game. Yeah, I must say, Sharks were one of the bets that got me out of trouble last week. I backed them also over 23 and a half points. And I'm, <laughs> I've got to say that they were a bit fortunate. I think uh, that early red card against the Bulls certainly helped me out there not to have one of those go my way. Now, that's the Curry Cup, guys. Of course, we are going to go best bets at the end of the show. But time now to move on to the Gallagher Premiership. And uh, Chad, I'll start with you here. Are, are you a, are you a Premiership fan as well? I know Neil loves the Premiership. 
Yeah, I mean, being Mace with Neil and being brought into the game by Neil Ipso Facto, I'm a fan of the Gallagher Premiership. Um, so, yeah, I um, do look uh, to Neil for some advice uh, here and there because he obviously uh, knows what he's talking about when it comes to this league. But, yeah, I am a fan. I like the, the, the way they play, the way they approach games. Um, and, yeah, it's just an enjoyable way to spend one's afternoon. Yeah, I must say, become a big fan of the Gallagher Premiership. Well, let's get you straight into the first game here, yeah, Worcester Warriors. Uh, they've aside taken a couple of hammerings this season, but pulled off the odd surprise as well. They play against the Bristol Bears, and they're plus seven and a half, Chad. Yeah, I think if you can find a minus uh, six and a half Bristol Bears, I think that's probably a bet I'd go for. Um, Sammy, Sammy Radradra, Sheedy's back. Um, yeah, I, I just think, to be honest, not if you allow me to backtrack, Friday night game where he bonds at the whistle, I'll probably go total uh, Bristol overs. Um, yes. And then definitely, if you can find minus six and a half on the handicap, I would go um, for that as well. But my biggest play on this game will definitely be Bristol overs. Um, yeah, I uh, I think Bristol are a different team. They have a, a very much an improved pack. And the, the Worcester Warriors are, yeah, they, they, they haven't really hit their stride. I know they beat Bristol by 60-odd points the last time they played. So I think there's going to be some revenge on the minds of the Bristol players as well. Um, so I, I don't give... Uh, or as much of a chance to to cover the cap, but I'd, I'll definitely be putting most of my money on Bristol overs with the backline that they've got. Right, Neil, you on this game? Yeah, Brent, I think if you've listened to me speak on the podcast before, you know that I generally look to back a home side on the plus, and I generally look to take Worcester Warriors on on the biggest plus, but I'm, I'm changing opinion completely here. Um, I'm looking to take Bristol on the minus six and a half, as, as Chad mentioned there, and definitely looking at a Bristol's uh, Bristol overs play here. When this cap opened up, opened up, uh, I think it was ten and a half um, around around there. And the only reason this cap has come in is because Duan Fandemeva is starting on the wing. But for me, a winger is not has no reason to bring a cap in by three or four points. Yes, they're going to sort of finish out wide and whatnot, but they don't have too much influence on the game in sort of the battle of the set piece, winning over the referee, sort of kicking for territory, kicking for poles. You know, sort of the key moments in the game. So for me, I think this is slightly unjustified. Bristol were rolled over at home last week in, in what must be said was quite a shock result. London Irish scored 39 points in the second half. when that's really a, a fixture which Bristol should get five points from and really romp home. So I think that there's going to be a bit of um, bit of motivation for, for the traveling Bristolians here. Got an absolutely electric, electric backs. They've got Johan Lloyd at 15, the youngster. Really, really a big fan of his. I think Semi's going to absolutely cook in the centers there. And they've got quite a settled board back when you already lose uh, Carl Singler through to international duty over there. So at the six ways, Wayne Barnes on the whistle, who does traditionally back the the home side or the the underdog in the plus, sort of blows in that sort of manner. But I think that you just can't look past a, a Bristol overs here. And hoping for a line is probably a little bit optimistic of about 27 and a half. I think that that'll be a cracking line to take the overs on. But it's interesting because listening to you talk and you're saying you're always on the home plus and now you're going on the away minus. It's a bit like Henrik when he goes overs. I mean, he's always on under. So when he goes overs, you certainly sit up and take notice and certainly be doing the, the same here. Let's stick with you, Neil. We got Bath plus 10 and a half against Leicester. No, Brent, straight back to the roots here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take this Bath, this Bath plus. Um, reason being is I thought Bath were quite impressive last weekend against Wasps. They were up, I think it was 24, 24 19 with about 20 minutes to play. Got a red card and then sort of again flipped away from them. They ended up using the game 41 24. 
So they still covered the spread, but obviously slipped in a couple of late tries. And I just think that both have been um, morally boosted in the leadership boosted and defensively boosted by the impact that Toby Falatel has as um, back in this path setup, just add sort of a different dynamic there. You'll obviously want to be working his way up to top form to get back into that Wales squad. And then in the, in Alston, the way in the back row, you've got Nathan Hughes, he's an international with about 10 caps for England, sort of trying to prove Bristol wrong, who let him go now. And then Yaku Kusem, we know what he's done in Super Rugby here. Throw in a couple of exciting backs for Barton. I just feel that there's a I lost Neil for just a second there. Did you lose him, Chad? Oh, yes. Okay. We, Neil, we will come back to you there. Sorry, we'll sorry back. Chad. Oh, there we go. You're back. You're back. Yeah, sorry, you can finish off there. Um, yeah, so I just think that there's more than enough quality in this in this bar side to, to cover quite a, a double-digit spread at home against a sort of an ailing Tiger side who haven't been overly impressive in the last few weeks, sort of started with without the kingpin, George Ford, through to international duty. So... It, it's a slightly tentative player, but I do I do like the home side on the plus here. Excellent. Well, I see the conductor also in the live chat. So good to see you there, conductor. And next week, I think it is uh, we're going to organise a lunch or something together. Got to get him before he actually leaves. Uh, he leaves the province because, uh, as far as I know, he'll be relocating. Right, Chad. Let's get your opinion on Bath against the Leicester Tigers. Yeah, thanks, Brent. Um, I was just thinking, listening to that soliloquy of Neil's uh, coming on my first show and having to follow him is is, is quite the task. And, you know, in the Gallagher Premiership, it's even more of a task. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can't go two against Neil. Um, Leicester Tigers obviously started the season very, very strong. Um, they have somewhat run out of momentum and he's hit the nail on the head, I think, without George Ford. It's quite similar with the Harlequins without um, eight, nine, the 8-9-10 eight, that they have um, when England aren't playing. I think they're just not the same side. They, the links between the forwards and the backs aren't there. So even when the forward pack dominates at set-piece, there's not too much in the way of continuity with uh, with the attack. Um, in, in saying that, I um, I will back a, bath, a, a small bet on the Bath plus 10 and a half. Um, as uh, Neil says, a, a hefty plus um, on a home side in the Gallagher Premiership. It's, it's, if you are unsure, it's definitely definitely the way to go. Um, Hughes and Fallata are huge and I think will bring um, some somewhat of an upfront um, and aggressive attitude towards the big South Africans and the Leicester pack. Um, and I think we can see quite a, quite a close game at the wreck, certainly closer than 10 and a half. Right, let's stick with you then for the next game. You touched on them already. Harlequins, yeah, minus one and a half against Wasps. Yeah, so for those listening, I think they can guess that I'm going to go for um, Wasps on the plus here, plus one and a half. Um, hopefully bigger if, if, if I can find one. Um, reason being, Wasps have won uh, four on the bounce, I believe. Um, Harlequins have, have lost three out of the last four, if I'm not mistaken. Also, I think it's, it's it's a good point in the season to start seriously considering the table and, and log position. And I think the way teams play and approach games is going to be a, a bit different now that we're getting to, into the latter half of the season. Um, Harlequins being a point above Wasps, it's a perfect time for Wasps to capitalize on their momentum. Um, there's a field factor there. And despite the fact that they're playing um, at Quinns um, at the Stoop, I think the missing of uh, Don Bryant, Kerr and... Uh, uh, um, Marcus Smith obviously is, is a huge, huge loss, and they're just not the same team without their axes. So, yeah, Wasps on the plus one and a half there. And I think I Alfie Bobby being back second week in a row, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, they've got some players back um, and are just getting better and better, I feel. 
but yeah, they did, I've been following their results as well, improving a lot. And I must say, guys, just uh, well done to both of you. I mean, we're only just over half an hour. We've made good progress on the show. I'm not going to have to hurry along. There's also no load shedding tonight. Harlequins minus one and a half nil. Uh, Brent, I think this is the first time since I've been punting on the on the Premiership that when the lines opened up, that every single home side was the underdog. Um, every single home side you could, you could get a plus in them, which is which is fascinating, especially in the Gallagher, where there's a big home ground advantage. Crowds really get behind this, the the home side and whatnot. So it just shows that the Gallagher can be a tough a tough league to to punt on. But that sort of just makes it for me one of the best competitions. Is that any team can sort of win on the day. But going going back to back to this fixture, I understand the the rationale for Wasps, but I just think that with Harlequins getting Joe Marler back into the pack, that was where they sort of struggled against Saracens, but were still in, um, able to beat the spread and, and only lose by eight points. Under Esterhazen at ten, yeah, they've got a bit of a. I'm not a big Tommaso Allen fan at at ten for for Wasps. I'm, I'm sorry for Harlequins, but I still think that he's 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 good enough to do a job there. So. I'm quite happy to to take um, Harlequins on a tentative um, board play here. It won't be my biggest bet of the weekend, but I'll definitely see some action. I just think that in a close in a close game like this, when you sort of it's a pick them, you really got to make a, a really strong case for the for the wayside to get a victory in these sort of conditions here. So I just feel like Harlequins have slipped slipped up a couple of times in the last few weeks, and they'll begin to get their season back on track here and and really solidify their top four position. Right, let's stick with you then. London Irish up against Saracens. Brent, so I know that the couple of the UK-based punters in Brady and, and Alex are quite quite keen on the London Irish uh, plus here. But for me, I just have to go with the Saracens here. They've still got, there's too much quality there. They're just a defensively sound side against against Harlequins in, in what was quite sort of troubling conditions. They just seem to marshal the game superbly well. They weren't too concerned about scoreboard pressure. They just really just sealed the game, got the job done, got the got the win, got the three points to move move sort of further up the table there. And London Irish, I just feel like they've been riding this wave far too high at the moment. If this game was last season, this cap would be 12, 13 and a half. So at five and a half, I just have to get past the sort of defensively sound Saracens here um, away, at, away at London Irish. Right, uh, let's get your opinion on this one, Chad. Yeah, I'm going to um, oppose Neil on, on this one as well. I think, as been mentioned on the show before, um, you can't see this as a blessing or a curse, but London Irish tend to have a consistent team week in, week out, minimal injuries as well as um, minimal uh, international players. Um, they're quite strong at home. They like to score tries. Saracens have been a bit shaky, um, even with the Winnipeg brothers and Koch and, and everyone still on board. I don't rate the Saracens' backline that that highly without the likes of, of Malins and such. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a tentative play, um, but I, I like London Irish on the plus. Right, we'll stick with you then for the next game. I uh, had a couple of games in a row now where you two have disagreed. Let's see if you're going to agree on this one. Northampton Saints plus two and a half against the Sale Sharks. Yeah, Brent, I, I have a funny feeling we're going to agree on this one. Uh, I think the Sale Sharks have made us um, a bit of money over the past few weeks. Um, I hope that's been the same for everyone that listens to the show. Um, so, yeah, sell minus two and a half, probably one of my best bets of the week. Um, I think we're just going to ring the same the same tune that we ring every, um, the past few weeks about sale. Strong, strong pack. I know they've lost two lugging in the back line, who gets them a lot of go forward. Um, but I don't see this as, as, as too much of a, a stepping stone. Um, they've got momentum on their side. 
I think you also have to look again at the at the log and, and where these teams stand in relation to each other is going to be massive, you know, impetus on both teams to put in a good performance and and, and kind of get to to the top four. Um, but I just think, yeah, say with their momentum and with the, the dominant pack that they have, Rafi Kirk's back, so they, it's going to be interesting how they, they play their nines um, on the weekend. Um, but yeah, sale minus two and a half for me. Yeah, Neil, uh, Chad making the point, they sale have been good to us the last few weeks, and I know you've been particularly strong on them. No, Brent, this, the sale minus is, the, is my best best in the premiership on the weekend. Um, Chad just hit a nail on the head. This is a strong, very, very strong sale pack. Got all the South Africans there up until the end of the season. Um, the sense side really, really relies on the, the likes of, of Laws and Ludlam to sort of carry them through. Laws away in, on England international duty. I just think that they'll struggle too much. They'll go for a makeshift 10 in Furbank at 10 with bigger um, on, on Walsh duty here. So I just think that, yes, at the Gardens, Sense will be more competitive there. But Sense are just one of those sides which really, really struggle against a big a big pack which just likes to get in your face. Sense love to play sort of against the smaller packs where they can use their, their lethal backs in good positions on the park. But sale minus two and a half, get on it now because it won't be there by this time tomorrow evening. No, okay. When Neil says it won't be there, I can trust me, it won't be there. Uh, let's stick with you though, Neil. Newcastle Falcons plus five and a half against the Exeter Chiefs. Yeah, Brent, this was another handicap which is sort of um, flown through my mind throughout the week. I understand the rationale for sort of a lower than expected um, Falcons minus, but I look at the board. The Chiefs have been have been sort of lurking, have dropped down a bit to uh, what can one can uh, consider slightly above mid table, and they just really need to get back into those those um, those top four spots. I said it last weekend that against uh, Gloucester at home in a tight fixture, you have to take Exeter, especially in the position that they're on the league table. Similar similar situation here. This is an absolutely must win here. If they lose this fixture, or if they lose this fixture, they've got a possibility of not qualifying for the playoffs. And that's massive for a team like Exeter Chiefs. So Exeter, minus five and a half. Newcastle have been very, very poor to back in the last few weeks. Started the premiership season as a house on fire. You could take them on the plus and you'd win a handful of money. But at minus five and a half, less than a converted try, this Exeter pack is going to come up to Newcastle. They don't mind traveling up north into the cold weather there. They're used to it. So for me, extra minus five and a half is the is the way to go here. So can you hear Brent Neil? Sorry guys, I'd muted my mouth there by accident. So just saying like Exeter Chiefs, um, they're the sort of side I often like to look for in running opportunities as well. But Chad, let's get your opinion on this one. I think it's the last uh Gallagher premiership before we move into the URC. Yeah, thanks, Brent. Um, yeah, I agree with Neil. Just to touch on his point about the table, uh, I know I've stressed that point a lot, but I think it's definitely going to come into play in terms of how teams approach the, um, this game. Um, Falcons, along with the Warriors, have probably been the worst side in the Gallagher Premiership of the past five to six weeks. Um, Exeter have improved. They had a bit of a stumbling block losing the internationals, um, losing three in a row, um, one last week. But I think, yeah, knowing where they are on the table, a couple of losses um, in quick succession will see them out of the running completely. So yeah, the, the attitude is going to be there. It'd be interesting to see what the weather's like up in um, in, in the north. Um, but yeah, Exeter on the minus for me as well. Exeter. Well, we will come back and get all of your guys' best bets. But time to move on to the United Rugby Championship now. South African sides, of course, not playing this weekend, but we've still got a good few games to get through. And Chad, I'm going to start with you. Cardiff Blues. Minus 20 and a half. I stand to be corrected. I think I saw Neil actually posting on the forum 
uh, perhaps even today still at about Cardiff Blues minus 15 and a half or 17 and a half or something like that. So I think there's been money for the home team here. Yeah, and I can fully see why. I mean, Zebra in Wales, I, I don't think any minus is, is too big. Um, I'm obviously joking when I say that, but yeah, minus 20 and a half, it won't be a strong play if a play from me at all. Um, yeah, if you could get minus 17 and a half or minus 15 and a half, I'd, I'd go all in on that. As we know, well, Zebra, not a very good rugby side, don't travel well at all. I know the Walsh teams haven't been the greatest in the URC um, and, you know, possibly even weakened from um, the, the Six Nations and such. But yeah, if I were to bet, it would be Cardiff on, on, on the minus. Neil, I just got a private message from you here in the city. You're saying this game's actually been postponed, eh? Yeah, there's a there's a red storm warning in Wales tomorrow, so this fixture's been postponed tomorrow night. Oh, what a pity, what a pity. Okay, so anyway, well, thanks for that, Chad. <laughs> we got that one. This this has been uh, this one's been postponed. Uh, let's go on to Neil then for the the next game, and we've got Munster here. Neil minus ten and a half against Edinburgh. Friends, I'm going to smile as I say this. It's just one of those fixtures which I just can't make up my mind about. I know I usually have quite a firm uh, firm opinion, and even if I don't, I sort of like to make a case for for one side I am leaning towards. But for this fixture, not a big feel. Push comes to shove, I'd probably take Edinburgh on the plus. I just feel that there's a bit of quality there with Perios on the on the bench. Befeli, Immelman, um, uh, Blair, Kinghorn at, at 10, marshalling the troops back from Scotland, Judy. So if push comes to shove, I would take this Edinburgh plus. But then I just look at that Munster side. There's enough quality there. I think that the bookies have priced this up spot on. So it's a bit of a tread carefully uh, for me, especially as it's a Friday game. I don't want to get too involved, especially as I'll have a lot of loot locked down in the, in the Curry Cup and the Super Rugby on Friday. Right, Chad. Is this a game you're going to get involved in or also uh, taking a bit of a watching brief? I don't, yeah, I, I also, I'm not too sure if I will get involved. Um, I If the if more money comes in for Munster, I'll, I'll definitely take Edinburgh on the plus. I don't believe Damien Delendi's back for them. Um, but yeah, as, as uh, Neil said, Klingon back. Um, Munster probably a, a better side on, on paper, um, even at this stage of uh, the proceedings with the, the Six Nations going on. Um, but yeah, if the, the, the cap opens up anymore, I'll probably take a small number at Edinburgh on the minus. Right, next game is Glasgow Warriors, minus 12 and a half against Benetton. Yeah, the, the USC for me is, is actually, particularly the, the, the northern, northern sides, um, it's quite difficult uh, uh, to call. Um, Benetton have won me money and, and also lost me money in equal measure, and they're a bit more difficult to call than, than Zebra, but um. Yeah, if I was to, to put money on this game, I would probably go uh, Glasgow Warriors on, on, on the minus um, at home, a more settled outfit. I know you know half the, the Benetton team has gone to international duty, but possibly even more. Um, and they hate playing in Scotland. And I just think it's going to be a, a tough old time for the Italians um, over there. Um, so yeah, I'll probably have a look at the weather and maybe take Benetton unders, depending on how, um, where it sits. Um, but yeah, other than that, Probably a small nibble on Glasgow if I have some money from the weekend. Um, Neil, Glasgow, do they play on a synthetic pitch? Yeah, spot on, Brent, synthetic pitch up there. This Glasgow side should should beat the cap. I expect that uh, Benetton will, will put up a bit of a fight. They're sort of one of those plucky outfits. But at, at 12 and a half, I will pull a small dabble on the on the minus there. Just purely, I just look at it as a quite simply a logistics point of view. Benetton losing sort of 18 of their first choice players through to that Italian side 
And with the salary cap and the money that Benetton have, the second choice players coming in, they don't have a strong academy. They just can't be too too strong. They'll they'll be able to keep a couple of the overseas players who who are regular starters, the likes of Andres Kutsiert, Duvenachert, and and Reno Smith, um, and Carl Wechner. But I just look at this this uh, team. Glasgow have really been trying to put in the structures in the last two or three seasons, trying to turn it down, uh, turn it around, build up from the from the base. Really pumped a lot of money into the academy at twelve and a half. This is a fixture where the coach will be in the in the players' ear the whole week, saying this is a five point fixture. This is a five point fixture. So it's crucial points for Glasgow. They need to get a full house here at twelve and a half. I just think that they'll have more than enough, and they've been quite sturdy on defence recently. So I would expect them to shut out this Benetton side and beat this handicap. Might also be one for looking at Glasgow points. I always like uh, high on those synthetic surfaces. Yeah, spot on. If if the weather plays a spot, I think the the Glasgow if you can get points at about twenty seven and a half, twenty eight and a half. I think that's a great player. Well, alternatively, if you can get unders on Benetton points at about seventeen and a half, I also think that's a cracking player. Right, uh, Johan, just welcome to Johan coming in with his triple win bet. He's going across, uh, the, he's got Chiefs in New Zealand, the New Zealand Chiefs, Exeter and Sale. Uh, Johan, what price will that work out to? Let us know what let, let us know what that price would be. Neil, we'll stick with you for the next game. It's uh, the Scarlets up against Connacht, minus two and a half the home team. Brent, I still just look at Scarlets and there's just like a pain which seeps into my eyes. I just cannot get that monster fixture out of my mind when I just went big on them in what was a, a 9 to 10 fixture. It went out to, to Scarlet's minus 5.5 against a really, really weak monster side and got absolutely toppled at home. So that's completely scared me off the 2.5 the here. Initially, early on the week, I was leaning at the Scarlet's minus 2.5. Generally, in the, in the URC, I like to take the home side on a very small minus if that's available. For me, I just can't get behind the Scarlet side at the moment. Connacht, I think I think the right play is to side with the with a small plus in Connacht. Only really losing Jack Carty and Mac Hansen through to international duty. So largely unaffected. Connacht generally do perform quite well as underdogs. So it would be a very, very tentative call on a on a Connacht plus two and a half here. Right, let's go to you, Chad, for this game. Yeah, I have also I don't have much love for for the Lanelli Scarlets. Um, I've been burned several times by them. I don't think they're a very good rugby side. I think the, the Welsh rugby union, in terms of their provinces, is in a bit of a, a bad way in terms of the quality of rugby that's um, being uh, played, or certainly in the in the URC. I don't have too much of an opinion. I know, yeah, as as um, Neil said, Carty, uh, Mac Hansen, Bandiaki away for Connacht, but I just think that they're a better rugby club in general. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll probably take a small a small stab at uh, Connacht plus plus two and a half. I don't really rate Van uh, Kron too much as a, a coach. I know they're also losing Stephen Larkham, so something is is up there. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Connacht on the plus for me this weekend. Right, and let's uh, finish off with you here. Just uh, Johan coming in uh, saying his treble there works out at nine to four. That was at World Sports Betting. Newport, Newport, Gwent Dragons v Ulster Rugby. Plus seven and a half, well, Newport. I know, yeah, uh, greater than a converted try um, to, to a home side in, in the URC, but I, I, I'm going to go for Ulster on the minus. I just think, um, despite the Irish international loss, they just have um, a, be, a better forward pack. Um, the better way of playing rugby. They do struggle um, to see out games in the last 10 to 15 minutes. Um, this is something that they they have uh, noted and, and tried to address in, in recent weeks. But uh, 
yeah, it is a, a bit of a big cap um, for a home side, but I, I, I like Ulster on the minus seven and a half here, um, purely on best on the forwards. Right, Neil, bring us home in the URC final game. Yeah, Brent, finally jumping off the, the Dragons train here. It's been a long and painful journey, um, and I definitely <laughs> won't miss it whatsoever. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Ulster on the minus here. Just Ulster just seem to just put away poor sides. I don't think there'll be too much home ground advantage here. Dragons do lose a couple of players, some crucial players in the back row through to Wales International duty. I see that Ulster have got a couple of players back, um, the likes of Michael Lowry and, and Balakoon. Electric backs out wide. Dwayne Millen marshalling things from the back of the, the scrum there. I just feel like Ulster will just have too much quality here. Just a complete belt in, in class between these sides. Ulster used to competing at the top with Leinster. Dragons used to competing at the bottom with the, with the Italian sides. Minus seven and a half. I do think that's the correct way to go here. Now, how many beers have you been through on the show? Because conductor would have got to at least four or five by this time, eh? No, I know. It. I can't match the conductor yet. <laughs> um, but I think that does come from experience there. Still, uh, still uh, young and pretty face, unfortunately. I like that. You can't match him yet. I do enjoy that one. Right, we're going to get into the best bets. And uh, Neil, let's start with you with your best bets for the weekend, please. Sure thing, Brent. So I'll just run through the leagues and I'll give a best bet in, in all three of them. Um, I do like I do like Western Province to cover the, the spread in the Curry Cup. I also like Pumas to cover the spread against the Cheetahs. In the Premiership, my best bet, the biggest standout for me is, is Sale minus two and a half. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to gonna load on that. Um, and then second best bet in the Premiership would be uh, Bath to cover the spread at the Rec. Um, and then in Super Rugby Pacific, I do like that under 58 and a half um, in the Waratahs for Gian Drew. Waratahs are very much tightened up their defense. I watched a couple of their sort of highlight snippets from preseason. They, they really seem to play a lot through nine. Um, a lot of box kicks was, were on display. So they're sort of opting for a bit of a more defensive-minded approach, look to pounce out wide and sort of pounce on the on the kick chase there. So I think they'll play a lot more sort of solidif solidified game. They won't sort of be playing the seven-style um, touch rugby. Tackling is option, optional there. So at 58 and a half, I also expect that they want to sort of put in a commanding display. First up, first game of the season against a bit of an unknown quantity, so I expect them to play some shutout rugby there. So I do like that um, that that unders there. And then lastly, in the in the Super Rugby Pacific, I do like the Canes to cover under the roof at um, in Dunedin. And then in the URC, sure, tricky one, but probably best bet is Glasgow to to cover the spread. Right, yeah, so plenty of. Uh confidence then and neil certainly listing a number of bets so i'm looking forward to watching that back after the show and just helping me to form that newsletter accumulator as well which unfortunately last week we had an 11 to 1 accumulator and what did it finish on again it was it was the, it was the sunday's game i needed england over five and a half tries they scored their fifth they scored their fourth try with about 35 minutes to go they then got one with about eight minutes to go and in the end the ref blew his whistle in my opinion a bit prematurely and robbed me of that victory Right, Chad, let's go to your first debut on the handicap. Let's hear what your best bets are. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brent. It's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, I hope you listeners have enjoyed enjoyed it. And yeah, here's to a good weekend of uh, rugby watching and, and, and money making for us all. Cool. So um, for super, I'll start with the top of Super Rugby. Um, I very much like the Chiefs. If you can get a minus four and a half, I think that's a great great play to go. And then as, as well as the 58 and a half uh, total unders um, or unders uh, for Waratahs and Drew. Depending on, the, on what the Drew line looks like, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I may go unders on them as well. 
as Neil said, Waratahs have tightened up their defence and are going to want to get a nice five-pointer and keep the draw um, somewhat, if possible, um, as scoreless as possible. Um, with regards to Gallagher Premiership, uh, definitely sale minus two and a half. Um, get on that tonight if you still can. And then for me, I, I also like um, Bristol overs. If I can get 27 and a half, 28 and a half, I'll, I'll go I'll big on that. Wayne Barnes at the whistle on a Friday night. Um, sounds like a, an exciting evening um, to me. With the Curry Cup, um, also problems to cover. Um, I think they're coming in with a much stronger side. I know the Grickles are traditionally strong at home, as I said. Um, but yeah, I think problems will want to will want to make a, a statement. Um, and yeah, for plus four and a half from Province, I think is a is a great bet there. And then a, a bit of a, a, a slightly left field one, but I I know Neil likes Pumas to cover, but I like Cheetahs overs. If I can get a, a decent line there. I can't really think of one off the top of my head, but anywhere between 25 and 30, I think I'd, I'd probably probably have a small go at. And then with regards to the URC, not, not, no strong fancies um, at all, unfortunately. But if I were to say my strongest would uh, be Glasgow on the minus as well. And then maybe like a halftime play on Edinburgh plus, uh, plus depending on, on what that looks like. But I fancy Edinburgh to, to cover against Munster as well. Excellent. Well, guys, thanks very much. First of all, to all the guys in the live chat, great to have your contributions, as always, during the show. And then uh, to both of you, Chad, great having you on for your debut and look forward to having you on again soon. Uh, good to have the two sax old boys here together. So thanks very much, Chad. Yeah, thanks for having me, Brent. And yeah, thanks, uh, Neil, for bringing me on to this. Um, yeah, hope everyone has a, a good evening further and a good weekend of uh, sports betting. And then Neil, at Thoughts on Sports, you can get him on uh, Twitter. Neil, good to have you. On and uh, yeah, good weekend punting to you. No, thanks so much, Brent. A um, couple of near misses in the in the overs plays last weekend in the South African game, so hoping for a for a big bounce back from my side. But wishing everyone a, a good weekend with with lots of beers and hopefully some good fire and a Brian some quality rugby to top it all off. Guys, sorry, I'm gonna before we go. Mark actually mentioning now. I know Mark has a go at a few of the panelists. Sometimes he says no, no one ever gives Lens. You know, we always oppose Leinster. I think probably with, uh, I, I must say, I do, I've always been a Leinster fan, but he asked, did he miss the bet? Now, Mark, when I looked at the, when I looked at Sunbet, they didn't have the Leinster game up. Have you seen any betting on that, Neil? Yeah, Brent, I briefly saw some 20 and a half, um, Leinster minus 20 and a half against the Ospreys, and I, I, I'm, I think I'm going to make Mark a very happy man here um, and, and side with that Leinster minus. Um, I just think that Leinster have had a couple of sort of shaky weeks in the last couple of weeks, and I just expect uh, quite a big bounce back from them. Ospreys is just one of the sides where squad depth is is quite thin. Losing a couple of big players through to international duty will, will sort of hurt them. Leinster at home on a very fast pitch at the RDS. I just think they'll have far too much quality, especially with the academy boys, keen to impress, um, keen to impress the, the big dog upstairs. So Leinster minus 20 and a half is the, is the way to go for me. Excellent. Well, I must say, Mark, no, definitely didn't do it to piss you off. I'm looking at a couple of bookies. I can't find uh, find prices um, with with a couple of the bookies that I've been looking at here. But there you got it from Neil. He likes Leinster. Chad, any opinion on that game for you? Um, not particularly. I see uh, Mark uh, Dunphy on the comments says Leicester have a habit of covering the spread. So I think I'm going to go with, with Mark um, and get Leicester on the minus uh, along with, with Neil. Um, seems to be quite a staunch Leinster supporter and uh, I like his passion. So, yeah, Leinster on the minus for me, I guess. Yeah, and I'm sure Dave 
who sent us that voice note about Manscaped, he's also going to be at the game. We normally get a nice weather report from him there. But anyway, guys, well, that was a bit of a uh, sort of a, a change of direction at the end of the show. I didn't realize we'd missed the length of the game. But as I say, for some reason, both bookies I'm looking at at the moment haven't got it priced up. But thanks, everyone. Uh, yeah, uh, let's hope Leinster beat the spread this weekend. Mark will be in a good mood next week. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Until next week, the Handicap Rugby Chat That Matters. We'll see you then.